Warning, the opinions expressed on this particular podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the guests alone. They do not represent the army, the police, or anything else. Simply our opinions, no one else's. Thank you and enjoy before I forget. Hey everybody, it's Tyree here, and this is another episode of Before I Forget. This is a solo episode, and I wanted to talk about something that over in my police career had a profound impact on my life uh, at that point. I'm going to talk about the Christopher Dorner situation. So, back in 2003, well, no, let's back up a little bit more. Uh, Christopher Dorner was a uh, police officer with the LAPD uh, out of the uh, Harbor Division. Um, At some point, he was investigated for some shit and got fired. I don't know, or I mean, I know what it was. You can look it up, but I'm not going to go into that. I know the people personally. And, uh, you know, it's really not cool at all to put their names out in this kind of setting. Uh, so I'll just keep that to myself. Anyway, um, he was fired for uh, claiming that his training officer did something. Uh, there was an investigation, like I said, his his lawyer or his uh, department assigned lawyer was Randy Kwan keep that name in mind they uh, they fired him and for years that hate and anger built up inside of him for years Um, that whole time he had a plan and in that plan it was basically to kill officers hurt the department uh (laughs) man so the start of everything was with him sending a uh, package to Anderson Cooper at CNN and it had this really weird Content. It was a, a challenge coin from the police department that was shot up. And it had a note that was attached to it. It was one MOA or one minute of angle. Kind of lets them know that, hey, I know how to shoot. You know, I was 100 yards away from that coin when I shot it up. Basically, you know, a threat. Later on, in Irvine... February, something like that, of 2013, I believe. Uh, they found the bodies of Monica Kwan and her fiance Keith Lawrence, and they're blown away in the car. It was an ambush, basically. Uh, my understanding is, you know, two people sitting in their car, and somebody with a 
AR-15 style or M16 or whatever you want to call it, style rifle. Opens up on them, kills them. There's no reason for this. This is murder. This is nuts. What is this about? Though the lady that was murdered was uh, Randy Kwan's daughter. And Dorner, I'm assuming, because you know, how do you get the information of where they live? Because that's his house. He had stalked them. It was an ambush. He, he uh, opened up on them and of all people to try to get revenge on, why would you go for the lawyer who tried to help you out's daughter? What a coward. And he tried to make himself out to be some kind of badass hero war veteran. He served. He was in the Navy. But, you know, who gives a fuck? There's a bunch of people in the, in the, in the world who are ex-military who aren't insane that pull off this kind of shit. Anyway, let's try to focus. They were blown away. <clears throat> so that tells me that he was stalking them, and he figured out where they were, and he post any any uh, attacked them. That's when he sent that m- manifesto, some crazy ass letter, super long letter that he you know rallies against the department. It's like a I want to say like. 13 or 14,000 word manifesto that he sends and tries to explain what he does or why he did this so now all of the police department we're trying to not we're I'm not I'm nowhere near trying to say that I was involved in that kind of stuff but I'll explain what I was involved in anyway they uh you know it's not too hard to piece it together I mean in this letter he he claimed the shooting. He even says in the letter, you know, you can probably find some evidence that I left the scene. So it's nobody else but him. So all of the LAPD, we're all on high alert. You know, this dude's out here. He wants to kill cops. It doesn't matter who, doesn't matter where or why. You just get ready. Be ready. Hmm. Now, I've been in that situation before, the combat thing, you know, this is what that equated to in my head at that point, was combat, you know, keep your eyes open, head on a swivel, you know, be ready, and then I started to see some of the people that I'm working with, Jesus, fear in their eyes, I mean, I was afraid too, but I'm not going to show it right now. I mean, we got to be serious. This shit's real. This is life and death right now. Just because you weren't expecting to, you know, do that part of the job doesn't mean it's not a reality. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen. And it's happening. Because just after that, Dorn's driving down the street and he sees a cop car. And that cop car, there are two officers. Hmm. <laughs> So, the two officers in the cop car are blown away. The driver of the vehicle, he doesn't survive. The passenger lives. What happens is Dorner pulls up on them 
He's wearing shooting glasses and he's smiling. He lowers that window, puts the rifle out the window, rests it on the window seal, and just starts dumping rounds into the car. I want to say the driver was killed instantly, the passenger shot multiple times. There's a taxi driver who just happens to see this happen. He calls 911. Oh wait, no, he doesn't call 911. He goes over to the inside of the car, tries to help the officer. How can I help you? What do, what do you need for me to help you? He just tells him, give him the radio, put the radio up to his mouth. He puts out, officer shot multiple times. Dorner's gone. Didn't even drive away fast, just kind of drifted. They know how he looks now. They're, they're exactly sure of who this is. There's no secret now. He, all the information is going out. They're posting his picture everywhere. So he has to hide. In the meantime, I have to go to work. And there is multiple levels of security to get into Central Division where I was stationed at the time. While in the station, after getting through all those levels of security, I'm seeing SWAT officers that I normally see all the time because they're sandwiched between our offices. Well, when I take that back, there's the huge armory that they have, our office, and then one of their offices. Or the rest on back are their offices on either side of the uh, hall. Um, so I'm walking around in the station, and I'm seeing people with huge guns, not your regular Glocks and rifles. I'm talking about sniper rifles with huge scopes and 50 cal sniper rifle Barretts, which I didn't even know that they had back there. And then M60s, which made me laugh because I knew exactly what it was. They're going to put these things on top of the roof. They're waiting because there's a psychopath out here killing people and he's gunning for cops and he just tried to kill two, hit one. You know. It's funny to see how people reacted to that. I don't think people, when they sign up to be a cop, will realize that they would be flat out hunted at one point. So meanwhile, while he's hunting us, we were being ultra paranoid. To the point that we were shooting up random trucks that kind of looked like the truck that we're looking for, which is the Nissan Titan. Uh, Some guys really didn't pay attention to roll call because they shot up some people delivering newspapers, two little Hispanic ladies. Uh, They were paranoid as hell. Anything that moved and looked funny, they're going to shoot at it. I want to say I can't blame him, but at the same time, like, come on, man. The the ladies were in a Dodge Dakota. How could you mix that up with a giant Nissan Titan? And the suspect is a big, tall black dude, not two little Hispanic ladies. Get your head out of your ass. This is some real shit going on here. While this is going on, 
Dorners in the woods. It's cold out, snowing. He's going from cabin to abandoned cabin to now he's trying to get a car. He goes, ties up two people, steals their car, and takes off with it. Doesn't get far because there's so many cops around. I believe that he actually has to go back into hiding. And while he's hiding, these officers are getting closer and closer. There's nothing he can do to get away. He's stuck. He's trapped like a rat. So he shoots it out. Wounds a bunch of officers, kills one. They surround the cabin. Those 50 cows of sniper rifles come out. It's a war in the middle of the woods. Hundreds of rounds are being shot off in every direction. Eventually, they get him. In the funny way that they get him, they throw these canisters into the uh, cabin that he's in. I don't know if they're smoke canisters or, or what. But it ended up catching the damn cabin on fire. He couldn't run out because there's all these cops out there going to fucking shoot him in his ass. So he hunkers down and he blows his brains out like a coward. While the cabin burns all around him. Collapses. The next day, they go digging in there. They find the remains. They see he shot himself in the head. That was that. End of the the gigantic manhunt. Christopher Dorner. But I'm going to talk about how that affected me personally. Now, when you work around these people and you hear these stories about, oh, this was allegedly what happened or this is what he said happened. Eventually, you learn from everybody who you're speaking to. You can kind of piece your own truth together, at least what you think it is. Do I think the reasons why uh, Dorner was uh, fired were valid? Yes. Was I there? No. Can I tell you the exact small details about what happened? No, because again, I wasn't there. You can go on Wikipedia and look it up if you want to hear what uh, read what I'm talking about. I'm not naming any names. I'm not going to point any fingers or, or say anything crazy like that. Because again, I wasn't there. Emotionally, I didn't know what was going on with that at that point. Because this was way before I got onto the department. Well, not that far, but, you know, far enough. But far enough that I was warned about him. He wasn't, he was long gone by the time I got there. But I was warned by person working on the desk this black dude with thick glasses I got an unsatisfactory rating for something I think I had uh, put too many periods on a piece of paper fucking T.O. was a bitch anyway the uh, guy working on the desk he's kind of broken down a little bit old he's like you know they're trying to railroad you right like what do you mean he's like you remember Dorner I'm like no like yeah they railroaded him out of here and it's funny to me that all these years now I remember that so was there a conspiracy no I don't think so 
uh, talking to the people directly involved, sitting in those cars, witnessing what happened and what didn't happen. You know, I have my own opinions about things. Um, <laughs> no, I won't. I'll keep that to myself. Listen to more episodes of uh, Before I Forget. Thank you for listening to this one. Thank you for hanging out with me on this Thursday afternoon, evening, morning, or whenever you're hearing this. I really do appreciate it. Our numbers are going through the roof. Uh, I can't thank you guys enough for everything that you're doing for our show. Just by looking at it, I mean, listening to it. What I need you guys to do more than anything is share it. If we share the show, more people will hear it and more people start thinking about hooking up with their friends and hanging out again. That's the goal for this whole thing, really. Before I forget the things in my head, I want to sit here and talk to my friends about it. We get messages from people who have been trying to do their own thing and and now they're talking to their friends again. That's awesome. That's the goal of everything. We want to hear about it. There's ways you can get messages to us. Uh, There's a link in some of these uh, posts that I'm going to post. It's going to have a way that you can actually send us a message. If you send us a message, we'll include it in the show. It's not a type message. You actually have to talk. But hey, man, if some of your friends hear this, when you share it, they'll hear it and they'll hear you and then they'll want to talk again. And, you know, it's the big cycle. So... I'm happy that I'm able to help. Uh, me and Kevin are able to help reach so many people. I mean, it's helping me out. I have uh, started some pages on my own to manage everyone who's been on the show to try to keep them all together so we can continue to share these stories. It's been a hilarious time looking at all these pictures. I can't share it with you guys, but, you know, if people who have been on the show, they give us these uh pictures and videos of times we're in Iraq or times we're in Schweinfurt, things like that. And it's been awesome. So, I mean, thank you to all of you out there who's been uh, keeping up with our shit. Uh, and uh, that's it for today. So thank you for listening to Before I Forget. Please like, listen, and subscribe and share. Share as much as you can. Thank you. Have a good one.